Well, happy birthday, Joe. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that we were thinking about you for your birthday. We don't have a lot to give to you, but we can just give you a shout-out and more podcasts. Hopefully you're having a great day. Uh, God bless you. You have found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, Recently, Consumer Report allegedly posted that more podcasts is the only place that you will find better help for your faith journey than Google Maps. So no need to update an app. You simply just need to sit back and enjoy uh, the view for the next hour. Maybe maybe a few more minutes over, but yeah, about an hour. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's great when you got people like that behind you and, and helping you uh, uh, make it in the industry. But um, so you're probably wondering who I have in studio today, and have your you know usual suspects in studio. Uh, Across from me, the only host that is number one chart-topping pop star to the tone deaf, Pastor Gary. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Did you, t- you know, did you hear me try to sing on Sunday? Uh, well, for- you know, I do. Yeah. 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 That was uh, pretty amazing. It's. I was going to come up with a tune for uh, not backing down. Is there a real <laughs> song with? Yeah. We won't back down. There is one. Uh, I I heard it a while back, but I can't remember who did it. It's. He's probably one of the, like, yeah. Bethel or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Well, and also the only host who uses the word trans in his life is to only really identify himself as transformed, Pastor Alex. There we go. Yeah. I don't use it for any other reason. That's how I identify. That's my personal pronoun is okay. uh, transformed. There you go. Yeah. So we got to take it back, right? We got to uh-huh. take it back with everything else. Uh, so how was your week so far? It was good, good, good. Uh, finished up the shower project. Oh, we are all waiting to hear yeah, about everyone this. Everyone yeah. was waiting to hear how that worked out. Um, it actually took four attempts on Monday to get it done. Um, after uh, putting the new valve in the shower, yeah. uh, I turned on the water and the water spraying right out the side. <laughs> <clears throat> it was spraying out a hose that I hadn't even really disconnected. Uh, yeah. Patched that up and then uh, turned the water back on. Water spraying out the other side. I had bought a defective uh, valve and it had a hole in it. Yeah. Um, and so the the company that sold those uh, those parts actually must have had somebody else turn it back in and they put it back on the shelf and then let me buy it. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And what after you- five attempts, I got <laughs> the shower to work again. What do you call the place that, you know, they're not listening. I'm not, so you can- yeah, I'm not going to say it, I guess. Home. <laughs> Home to crap. Home to crap. There you go. Come on. Yeah. You know, the podcast, you can kind of, yeah. you know. I, I hardly doubt anybody is listening. Home Depot poop. Home Depot poop. <laughs> uh, we we do appreciate them being in our community, but you know, yeah. Sometimes they sometimes they put stuff I, out there. That shouldn't I be. actually? You know, I was really calm when I took it back, and I just said, "Hey, look, when I bought this, it looked like somebody had been through the box. I put it together, and sure enough, you know, it's defective. I bought what somebody else had turned in. You're not going to put that back on the shelf, right?" And she's like, "Well." Yeah, I guess I'll put the sticker on it to not send. I'm like, of course you're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, uh, you need yeah. to return it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, nobody else wants a defective exactly. Uh, exactly. manifold. Uh, you know, I I had a little shower incident uh, just before the winter hit, where I had to change out a manifold uh, okay. in our shower. Yeah, and my wife and I talked ourselves into using the the Shark Lock. Yes, those are great. 
Oh, it was good, but okay. You got you got to you know you got to know what you're doing. I guess mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. And so I'm putting it together, and I got all the pieces I thought together, and then all of a sudden, when I turned the water on, the pressure shot the piece back out of the socket. Okay. So I'm calling. I'm calling Sean, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, I don't know what to do here because once you put them in, you yeah, know, you don't get them out. You can't get them out." Well, he he gave me the the uh, pro tip on how to do that. Okay. So I figured it out, and I finally got together. And so I put all the, the shower back together and I'm like, please, Lord, let this work. And uh-huh. it did. It finally worked. But, awesome. Uh, the nozzles are backwards, but I'm just, so you know, the, the handle. hot is cold and the cold is hot. Well, the way that they turn. So my, all my handles are facing to the left when you oh. get in the shower instead okay. of, you know, how you should have one left and one right. Uh-huh. And uh, so I called Tom Dale about it because he helped me with another project like that. And I said, uh, uh, I don't know what to do about it. He said, just leave it. You know, if it doesn't bother you, don't worry about it. So I told my wife, like, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's not a problem. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm i learning a lot, you know. Uh, this uh, was it yesterday. Uh, I finished. Uh, Amy just got home, you know, from her yeah. whirlwind trip visiting her nieces and nephews. And uh, um, Tommy Good came over and helped me put up oh, nice. tile. Nice. Like a backsplash in our our kitchen. Yeah. His family does that. It's, yeah. That's really good. That's what he was telling me. Uh, his dad's a master tile layer. Yes. And I was like, uh, this is going to get me so many points. And my wife got home and she was like ecstatic. Oh, nice. And I said, happy mother's day. <laughs> there you go. Way to go. Pastor yeah. Alex. Way to use that kind of stuff to get you points. You know, it yeah. should have been done a long time ago, but I'm going to wait till mother's hey, day put to get the points to a holiday. That's yeah. a good thing. Then you always get out, you know, you always double get a, point value on the, yeah, definitely double point value. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it worked out well. Well, um, I was thinking this week of just some helpful information besides what we get into with scripture. And, uh, you know, as the summer is quickly approaching, uh, you know, dad's trying to encourage more family time outside in the sun will often, you know, employ party starters like dad puns. You know, you've ever used those to kind of get Uh, everybody kind of excited? Yeah, yeah. I've I've used one or two in my life. Right. And it's kind of like your way of getting the kids Mm -hmm. excited about it and you kind of throw a little bit. with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's those jokes that, uh, you know, are never funny, but makes you laugh anyways because yeah. they're so bad, right? right? Inside, they're making you uncomfortable. <laughs> right. So science has learned that dads are not always uh, great at icebreakers around barbecue grills or at picnics or on the beach. So sometimes they may employ a quick little pun to get the ball rolling. And we all know that a vacation or a party or those summer nights under the stars would not be the same without a good dad pun to build lifelong memories. So we know we all have kids that remember something dad said, and we're like, I can't believe you actually said that. But the funny part is once they start becoming dads, they're like, hey, what it was that thing? right back yeah. to them. What was that? Yeah. So deeply embedded in the It psyche. is, and it's important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, to have those little puns. And so we have a list to get those dads started this year uh, to help uh, give you a preview as to what families will have to suffer through as Force Family Fun will be starting here in a few weeks. And so we wanted to make sure that these puns get out there so you got something to work with. So, um, I, I got like six good puns here. I think that every dad should know this summer. Okay. Like these are the best puns going into the summer. Okay. So the first pun that I think would be really good to throw out there sometime is what are you doing? My friend, you like that one. Yeah. What you get the water, what are you doing? My friend. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good pun. I think that would be, that would be a good one. Uh, another one is you are one in a melon girl. Nice. Yeah. Can you see that one going? I mean, you're like uh-huh. at a picnic, right, the right. watermelon's out. Wow. And you can you know compliment your wife by saying you're one in a melon girl. There you go. I think that would get you started for the summer. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, she's so bad. I can't even say it. Uh, this next one is glad to catch up with you. That one I've heard before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Where like you, you, you know, is. you have hot dogs on the grill. Yeah, and uh, you got friends over. I went you, to a party last night like that. And they did they use this pun? No one used it. Oh, we'll see. But I was the only dad in the entire place, so that's the reason. <laughs> that's probably yeah. why you did. But you still should throw it out there because I they're going to remember that. Yeah. Glad to catch up with you. Okay, here's one that I think you will like personally. Uh, fishing you a wonderful day. You get it? No. Instead of wishing you. Oh, okay. Fishing, fishing you a wonderful day. There you go. So next time you're out there okay. fishing, you say... Fishing you a wonderful day. I'm sure every dad that's around you <laughs> will like that one. Oh, uh, Pastor Alex. I know these are good. Uh, here's another one. Uh, you know, you're getting the kids ready. This is the whole scene playing out. You're trying to get all the stuff in the car. And you might want to get everybody kind of excited. So you say to them, in need of some vitamin C, S-E-A. Okay. You get it? Yeah, no, I know. In do. need of some vitamin C. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one in Florida. Something I, <laughs> okay. I'm getting I'm getting the look from Pastor Gary. Like I don't oh know if I'd ever use that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Here's the last one. This is the this okay. is my this is the creme little creme right okay. here. Okay. When you're getting ready to go in the car and you're heading towards the beach, you can say to your family, "Shall we go?" Okay. You get it? Yeah, I do. Shall we mm-hmm. go? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So those are my puns for dads, and this is also uh, an alarm for families to prepare for mm-hmm. the impending pun jokes that will be coming from dad. Uh, you know, my suggestion would be just smile and nod, you know, laugh if you can. But I'm just saying right now, like you said, Pastor Gary, that they will remember these yes, when they get somehow older. Somehow they get embedded in your psyche and they come yeah. out when you least expect it. And it's unfortunate, but it's something that every father passes down as his legacy to his family. Yeah. Um, I used one in a business meeting yesterday, as a matter of fact. Did you really? Yeah, I was talking about a friend of mine who's an older gentleman, but he's making a big difference in the world. And I'm like, my friend Scott over here, he didn't retire. He retreaded. Oh, see, I remember that one. Yeah, you, that's you a good that one. Me. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. You know, somebody who's really good at coming up with puns on the fly? Cliff Haas. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I went to a, a barbecue thing. We were sitting around the bonfire. He just rattled off one after another. Some people just had that gift. I know. And, and when hiring a contractor to tackle your next housing project, <laughs> hire someone who knows like, what it I, takes to make it exactly yeah. how you dream it should be. <laughs> With over 25 like, years of success, success Sean no Meyer Construction brings the know-how to tackle yeah. new yeah. or exciting it was projects. So All right, well, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. All right, so in this segment, we talk about things that you need to prepare for or look at, keep on your radar as far as getting to the end times and closer. And so what we do is just kind of highlight some things that have popped up in the news. And so uh, this week, uh, it's interesting, Iran and uh, Syria are joining alliances and of sorts, and they're having talks about um, gaining forbidden nuclear capabilities. 
that they should not be having. And I think most countries in the world would say it's probably not a good idea that either one of them <laughs> would be messing around with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Iranian president, uh, Abraham uh, Raisi, uh, met counterpart Bashir al-Assad in Damascus on, uh, let's see, what date is On Wednesday, the first visit by an Iranian head of state since uh, Syria's war began in 2011, underlining uh, close ties as Syrian relations with Arab na- nations thaws. Uh, with military and economic support from both Iran and Russia, Assad regained control of most of Syria from rebels that were backed by regional count- countries now seeking dialogue with him. Uh, Rassi's visit comes as Iran and regional rival Saudi Arabia rebuild relations after years of tensions. And as Arab nations and states that uh, shunned Assad now are trying to rebuild those ties. Uh, U.S. State Department Deputy Spokesperson Vindant Patel uh, told reporters in Washington on Wednesday that the Raisi-Assad meeting should be of concern to the region and the world. These are two regimes that have continued to partake in malign and malign uh, destabilizing activities, not just in their immediate countries, but also in the region broadly. Um we know that uh, they seem to kind of fund a lot of things going on in there around their countries as far as uh, terrorist attacks and also bringing um, problems against Israel. Um, did you hear anything about this in the news for yourself? No, I, th- I think I missed that one. Well, it's uh, it's interesting because as I was trying to uh, figure out how this would play in prophecy, I, I found a passage of scripture in Psalms 83, verse 3 through 8, and it's actually a very prophetic passage of scripture. Uh, many scholars believe that uh, this ancient prophecy spoken about 2,500 years ago mm. uh, speaks to the coming uh, together of Arab nations to rid themselves of Israel. Mm. Uh, and the scripture uh, says this is, they devise crafty schemes against your people, uh, referring to Israel. They conspire against your precious ones. Come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. Uh, we will destroy the very memory of its existence. Mm. Yes, this war, their unanimous decision. Uh, they signed a treaty as allies against you. These Edomites and Ishmaelites, Moabites, Hagarites, uh, Gebelites, Ammonites, Amalekites, and all the otherites, <laughs> Philistia and Tyre, Assyria has joined them too and is allied with the descendants of Lot. Um, that is uh, kind of a scary thing to think about uh, when you look at uh, what's happening in our world. And uh, so I was trying to figure out all those names, do they correspond to something mm. now? Mm-hmm. And so in my research on this, I found that these groups – May not no longer may may no longer be identifiable by their ancient names, but the modern day equivalents of these nations are as follows: that want to come against Israel. Uh, so the tents of Edom or descendants of Esau uh, now would be the Philistine, uh, uh, sorry, the Palestinian refugees and Southern Jordanians. Okay. Uh, the Ishmaelites would be Saudi Arabians. Mm. Uh, Moab would be Palestinian refugees and Central Jordanians. Uh, Hagarites would be the Egyptians. Uh, Gebel would be Northern Lebanon. Uh, Lebanese, uh, Amon would be Palestinian refugees and Northern Jordanians. Amalek would be the Arabs South of Israel. Uh, Philistia would be the Palestinian refugees and, and Hamas of Gaza Strip. Uh, the inhabitants of Tyre would be Hezbollah and Southern Lebanese. And Assyria would be the Syrians and perhaps, uh, Northern Iraq is included on that. Wow. That's a lot, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, it would really be interesting to see if they've ever done any genetic coding, uh, with these people and being able to identify them yeah, uh, with these ancient uh, tribal names. I think what's, uh, what's kind of concerning is that 
uh, getting back to our, our administration is that we've opened talks again with, with Iran trying to, um, help the, uh, I, you know, they're really not a government, they're a regime, mm-hmm. uh, trying to help them, uh, maybe find peace in their country, trying to advance the, the ability for women to uh, have a, a higher standing in, in society, <laughs> all of which I think is falling on deaf ears, but, yes. uh, we're trying, mm-hmm. uh, we've given them, uh, funds and money. So uh, again, going back to our conversation we had last week, it's just kind of odd. Some of the, the partners that we take on as United States. Isn't it amazing that uh, we're trying to speak from a position of uh, honoring women. Right. Uh, and then in our very own country, we're dishonoring them by the policies that are coming where we're taking away right. uh, biological women's positions that they have rightfully earned and rightly deserve. Yep. And uh, how, how, how in the world can we even speak with authority to other nations about how they're treating yeah. women? And, and I think I hear the tone of that back yeah. from those countries. It's like, who, who are you to be able to speak to me about this? Very hypocritical. Absolutely. Uh, very hypocritical stance. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, when we are trying to uh, try to be the government of the, of the world, you know, in a sense, or the leader of the world, mm-hmm. uh, like you just said, we, we really are showing how hypocritical we are just yeah. by our own stances that we have. It's not really freedom. And then, you know, then we have the, the whole trans movement that are trying to get into women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I just heard that a ruling came out that was against it in some state or some form, mm-hmm. which is one of the first steps forward. But um, it is just ridiculous. I mean, uh, my wife was showing me an article about feminists that are, you know, have been avid feminists that are saying we're pushing ourselves back 80 years in our fight. Yeah. because of what's happening in the trans movement coming into the women's mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we have a very hypocritical stance. Um, you're probably wondering why Iran was not mentioned in that list that I just read from you, Psalms 83, because it's mentioned later on in Ezekiel 38 with Gog and Magog. Um, eventually they join as well to fight Israel, with, which includes Iran and the Slavic nations or the Russian mm-hmm. region. Uh, and so those things will be happening as well. So Also in, in the book of Revelation known as Persia. And Persia, and it wasn't yeah. too long ago where Iran actually changed their name from Persia to Iran. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting how all these things are transpiring. So the reason why we give this information to you is something to keep on the radar that, uh, you know, as we're looking at uh, end time news or rapture ready news, uh, we need to pay attention to these uh, people coming together and creating these alliances that never were there before. Because if you know anything about the Arab nations, they have been very territorial. Yes. Uh, they have not joined forces much anymore. And then all of a sudden, now we're starting to see some of the, the biggest uh, adversaries against each other that are coming together. Isn't it amazing? I'm sure you probably had this experience when you're in is and when you were in Israel as well as I was. Um, we had a, a politician come, uh, Israeli politician come and tried to explain to us um, how complicated um, many of these treaties uh, mm-hmm. can be because, um, you know, that statement, my enemy's enemy is my friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're all so territorial that there are, uh, you know, Muslims that hate other Muslims because yeah. of their territory. And, you know, that enemy is my enemies, you know, that makes them my friend and just, just gets super, super complicated. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you pick on one Arab nation, they seem to rally against each other with each other against whoever it is. And that seems to be the history of their whole existence. Right. And then the moment that yeah. that crisis is averted, then they go back to shooting at each other. Right. Yeah. Then they're fighting over the territory. Yeah. Uh, and then meanwhile, Israel is over there trying to, 
just trying to have some peace and quiet, you know, just, uh, just want to enjoy our, our country. Uh, so there, there are some interesting things. Uh, one of the things that hit the news on this, this topic that's interesting is that Israel is expanding its borders into the Palestinian regions, basically trying to establish archeological digs, what used to be the Northern, uh, kingdom of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that's fairly new. And, and so the discussion now in the news is that that going to cause a war because they're going to start claiming territory that they have not claimed for a long time. They basically have left it to the Palestinians to deal with, but they're finding that uh, their occupation is destroying archaeological mm-hmm. um, digs and all the stuff that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, antiquities that we want to, you know, preserve. So all this stuff is happening right now as we speak this week. So that's it's a, just that's something. a strategy that happens here in the U.S. You know, let's say there's a person that wants to develop a piece of property and then there's a, a group of people who don't want them to do it, then they'll go throw mm-hmm. some artifact in there and say look you can't dig here because <laughs> right. this is you know ancient yeah. ground for such and such a tribal per- person and then then they can't even do anything with their own land right and it was actually planted by the group that wants to oppose yeah just that stuff happens even here. All, in the yeah US. all the time it's just ridiculous uh so do you have any uh, closing thoughts on this rapture ready yeah the, um i just want to encourage you to be rapture ready to uh remember it could happen today yeah. and you need to uh Live like it could happen today and plan like it might not happen for 100 years. And uh, that you're living at such a time as this, Esther chapter 4, verse 14, for such a time as this, that you have been, uh, you know, divinely planned to live at a time like this to make a huge difference. So be ready. And if you're around the water cooler, you're talking about this, say, hey, man, this is something that's groundbreaking, not happening in years. Yeah. Yeah. Something to be paying attention to. Well, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. Looking for a go-to eatery that has awesome food? Well, Paper Station in downtown Harbor Springs is sure to have your next favorite. From their signature station burger to the golden crispiness of a hand-dipped onion ring, enjoy the flavors that make this a must-stop today. Paper Station. So in church today, I was uh, doing the handshakes and welcome time. Okay. And somebody came up to me and said, can you please stop playing the Paper Station uh, commercial because it makes me hungry every time Really? you play yeah, and I said, uh, well, you know, they're one of our sponsors. Right, she's right. Like, uh, yeah, but every time you say golden crispy <laughs> onion rings, she's like, I just want to drive over to Harbor Springs and get one. <laughs> the power of that. I know, that's what it is. All right, so we are now into our Harbor Light Bible trivia question. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week's question was, Pastor Gary. Yes, we had the question, what are the two offensive uh, weapons listed in Ephesians chapter 6 in the spiritual armor? That was the question. Yes. And we did have someone get it correct. Linda Murray. Linda Murray, yeah. our faithful Bible student. Yes, and, she um, is. Yep. And so those two pieces of equipment found in Ephesians chapter 6, they um, they are this. Uh, it's at the end of the list where Ephesians chapter 6, and um, it says in verse 17, take up the helmet of salvation. That's, that's defensive. But then here's the next line. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So the sword is um, one of the two offensive weapons, but then there's a gap in most Bibles. It starts a new paraphrase yeah. or paragraph. I'm sorry, new paragraph. Um, but it actually is connected to verse 18, which says, and, Oh, here it is. And 
pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So praying in the Spirit is the other offensive weapon. So we have the Word of God yeah. and praying in the Spirit as the two offensive ah, weapons. There see, we that go. Was, that was tricky. Yes, that was tricky. Because I, the little gap yeah. or the new paragraph that begins. Ah, I like that. Okay, so if you... Uh, well, Linda Murray, you got it right. Uh, good job. And so we'll have some swag coming your way and putting her name in the drawing for the uh, podcast speaker that we have. I do want to do, do a shout out to um, you know, Waterfront. I got a brand new dress shirt, button down white dress shirt. Yeah. And it's got the Waterfront logo over the, the heart. Yep. It has the American flag on one arm. There it, it is. It has uh, 50 years that they've been in busy business on the other arm. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what looking good it's a sharp shirt looking i saw good. that thing yeah i was almost gonna snag it for myself but you know it was not in a big man size so okay <laughs> i'm like i can get an arm in there uh-huh. maybe but just gonna walk around i have to yeah now people don't know this about me but i enjoy wearing uh coveralls yeah. when i work at my house i wear coveralls i can climb under the car i can do some gardening i love coveralls yeah one piece zip it up in the the front well my old pair went to be with jesus really yep they went to be with jesus so i bought myself a new pair dickies yes blue yeah and i got the extra large and i'm telling you i had to suck it in to get the thing no, zipped up don't say i'm it. like oh my goodness these don't must be made it. for people in another part of the world <laughs> yeah but welcome uh, welcome to my, my world gr- one of my grandsons looked at me and he's like you're not gonna wear that are you i'm like i love this thing yeah a giant blue guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, that's been the story of my life for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, yeah. Um, we When we lived down in southern Indiana, there was this place called the Big and Tall Shop. Yeah. And uh, it was great. Uh-huh. You know, nothing in there <laughs> was under 2X. <laughs> you could go in there and go shop, and you're like, this is perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. All the pants. And then every, every... And you felt like you were like, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm the smallest size guy in this entire store. In this store. Ha- entire store. Right. Because there, there were shirts that were 7 and 8X. Wow. Shirts. Literally looked like Omar's tent. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like Omar, the tent maker, made uh-huh. that tent for somebody. Wow. 8X. I'm like, I picked up the shirt. Really, I could use it as a blanket. Mm. It was so big, some of the shirts. But mm. anyways, it was good. They always put little stretchy straps in all the pants, which was always fun. Okay. I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we are getting ready to do our, our new Bible trivia question. Uh, if you're trying to uh, send it in to us, it's real simple. It's harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. And uh, send it to us and let us know what your answer is. And like I've said before many times, we will not make fun of the answer. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. I know. It's just, uh, you know, uh, Ben. Come on, Ben. You ben, can do it, Well, he, send in, he sent in his answer, and he got part of it right. Okay. The other part not. All right. So I said, you know, I have to abide by the rules. And Well, the question for this week is going to be um, kind of straightforward. Okay. okay. Not, not too tough. My granddaughter, uh, one of my granddaughters wants to win this speaker so bad. <laughs> I'm going I'm to tee it up. Okay? Here we go. Here we go. So there are three temptations that Jesus faces. Yes. Okay. So what is the first temptation? What is the first temptation of Jesus? And, uh, and give us the location and uh, you will get into this week's swag. Is there, do you, are you going to give the reference? Just, it's, uh, I can if you want. Okay, Matthew 4, right? Matthew 4, there we go. Okay, Matthew 4, somewhere in Matthew 4. The first temptation first that temptation. Jesus faces. And you want location too, like where is yeah, it happening? Yeah, which verse in Matthew oh, 4 okay, is that? Oh, okay, yeah, but it's in the desert, we know that. Yeah. We can yeah. say that, Matthew you can 4, say that. in the desert. Yeah. So you're looking for those two things. Okay. This is the easiest question that you possibly can answer. Right. 
I'm, so I'm teeing yeah. it up. Everyone can get this right. We should have so many emails. Right. I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should wap, uh, wipe out our <laughs> wipe out, wipe out our entire. I thought you were going to come up with a dad pun. Right <laughs> I know. There. I was going to. Uh, we're going to wipe out our entire inventory of swag with this one question. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I think we should do it. Okay. So if you have the answer, send it to trivia at gmail.com, all lowercase, and let us know what was the first temptation in Matthew yeah. 4 mm-hmm. that Jesus dealt with in the desert. Right. In, in the desert, Matthew 4. Yep. You're looking for it. <laughs> So the first half of the chapter, uh, let us know what your answer is, and uh, we'll make sure you get some swag. Like Linda Murray just got some swag. Today. Yeah, she, I think she's she's looking good. She's got lots of uh, swag at her place now. She's she's covered in everybody that yep. we uh, have. She is a walking right? billboard for all of our sponsors, and and we appreciate her. Yes, uh, we appreciate her listening to. She her, is everything. a wonderful lady, Bible student. Yes, extraordinaire. Oh, definitely all the time. Well, we're gonna quick take a quick ID break and be right back. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. All right, so last week, uh, we start, We were on week two last week of mm-hmm. a new seven-week series on spiritual warfare entitled yep. the, the Unseen in, World. In, 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 the Invisible War. The Invisible War. Yeah. What did I, when, session one, session so one what, was the Unseen, unseen world, world, part of the series, The Invisible War. Okay. <laughs> I actually took notes uh-huh. last Sunday. That's okay. But I did not write the the uh, the header for this. That's okay. So I thought I had it right when I looked at the notes. Yep. The uh, Invisible War is the series. <laughs> Week one was The Unseen World. I had to prove to right. you that the devil exists and he's got demons. And I've got that. Yes. I've okay. got those notes. Okay. I just didn't have the right title. That's all right. So my bad. Apologize to everybody that's like, do you pay attention? Yes, I do. I've, I've got notes. Pastor Gary can yep, attest to that. I see. Yes. Uh, and so we were talking about uh, trying to find out who the devil is, what is his personality, all these things that are crucial to knowing about his power, his ability, his potential. Um, and basically the whole premise of the service was to give us enough information to uh, prepare for what we might face uh, knowing our enemy. We need to know our enemy. Yeah. And uh, so, Pastor Gary, you know what? That was a, that was good because you gave us uh, references to Scripture right in the beginning mm-hmm. of all the things that the Bible uh, describes the devil as to kind of define Yep. Uh, who he is. And uh, you want to give us that list again uh, if you on your notes there. Yes, absolutely. So um, on um, the fact that we're facing a real created being known as Satan, uh, a part of his descriptors in the Bible, his personality matches up with what he does. Okay. Yeah. So um, here's the list. He is uh, our adversary, our accuser. He's an angel of light. He can dress up as an angel of light. He's a deceiver, a destroyer, known as the evil one. He's also a liar, murderer, serpent, tempter, and prince. Now, those are that isn't the exhaustive list, but it's a really good list of um, a part of what he does, which matches up with a part of his personality. Yeah, that I was noticing that list. It's it's very very simply descriptive. I mean, you don't really have to read between the lines to figure that out. Um, but all the references that we talked about on Sunday, you know, you gave them to point us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of times we really kind of just resolve ourselves to the idea that he's the liar. 
Yes. Um, and that seems to be his biggest descriptor. But there are a lot of other things. But all these things help us understand uh, his potential mm-hmm. and his attacks towards us. Yes. And you mentioned, uh, you were talking, you're doing these little uh, little monologues of mm-hmm. these stories from uh, war, wartime, Civil War. Yep. And uh, one of the things that was interesting is about the, the Battle of Antietam that you brought up, about how knowing just enough little information saved thousands of lives, even though yes. we lost, what, 28,000 or something? 23,000 total. 23, total yeah. on both sides, but 23,000 people. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Yes, could have been a lot worse. And um, it was counted as a victory. I didn't mm. get a chance to talk about this, but it was counted as a victory because they pushed the Southerners back out of the Northern Territory yeah. when they slipped back across the Potomac. So it was a victory, even though it, it almost felt like a stalemate. Right. Right. But in the fact, they actually pushed them back. And that was the turning point. I just learned this. That was the turning point in which Lincoln could do the Emancipation Proclamation. He, he capitalized on that victory. Okay. And then uh, pronounced all of the, of the people that were slaves in the slave states to be free. Wow. And so oh, that's um, awesome. even though the war continued on, yeah. and there were you know two more years of fighting, um, he was able to capitalize on this and, and uh declare that truth. Uh, yeah. Also interesting, yeah. this comes right from facts, right up. I've looked them up and I've, I've researched them myself. There are records that about 388,000 slaves were brought into the United States. 388,000, which okay. is a big number, yeah, right? That is, yeah. It's a lot smaller than most people realize. Yeah. Okay. But 388,000 slaves were brought into the U.S. 400,000 Northerners died in the Civil War to set those 388,000 uh, people wow. free. So, so now at the time of um, at the time of the Civil War, there yeah. were probably um, probably more than two million mm-hmm. uh, slaves in the United States because of you know having children and those kind of things in multiple generations. But more people died setting them free than actually were brought into the country. Wow, that people don't realize that. That's so crazy. The, all of this, yeah. all of this business that uh, the United States is racist, yeah. completely false. Right? There are yeah. some racial people racist people in our country but for the most part the united states has now stepped up to set people free and they put their life on the line to do it yeah you know and i I think you're right i mean that's that's been sort of the thing that's been forced down our throats for years is that Mm -hmm. you know uh we could have done more we weren't doing enough you know blah 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 those are those are true right yeah i mean we could always do yeah but eventually we did yeah Mm-hmm. But I mean, you just brought that out. Four hundred thousand died for three hundred eighty thousand. Uh, that's something to really speak to the hearts of the people at that time. That they really were uh, wanting to see change yeah. in the culture. And that, now uh, those are the, those are the people that died. Yeah, there's way more people, people that, that fought got, that got not only fought but were wounded and lost yeah. a leg, lost an arm, lost an eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way more. So that's that's just the the you know the mortality rate. That's that's just that's just crazy to think about uh, how many people uh, died in there. I, I don't know the figures. Do you know the figures? How many people actually died during the Civil War? The whole yeah, the whole shot is just under a million. Yeah, it was just it's crazy. Yeah, uh, and that's the biggest loss of life for yep. American. It's country. because Americans are fighting Americans, Americans right? Yeah, so there's no doubling up on yeah. every every kill. Every kill is a yep. yeah yeah. Uh, that that's just that's just crazy. To, but the the thing that I I, I thought was really interesting that you brought up on Sunday was uh, the fact that uh, two men were able to find a certain item that really changed the course of what could have happened. Yeah. So, um, so we have uh, Sergeant Blouse and um, Colonel uh, Mitchell. Yeah. Um, They were scouting a a previous uh, campsite of the Confederate forces 
and they stumbled across <laughs> a wow. piece of paper that was wrapped around three cigars. Yeah. And uh, it was from a general. It was the full battle plan. Wow. And all the details of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. They gave that to um, the Union Army, which they were a little slow on enacting because you, you don't know if this was a setup or not you right know, yeah, this yeah. is true information but just as soon as the battle in the cornfield took place they should have realized that this was accurate right right but it did save a lot of people their lives yeah uh and the the setup for this was is almost uh biblical in a nature because the confederates were on top of a, a hundred foot hundred foot like cliff or whatever yep. yeah bluff bluff yeah dug in Okay, and then the, and then the Union has to cross a river. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's going to slow everybody down. And there's one bridge going across it, the Bridge of Antietam right. Creek, right? And uh, so it was literally like t- taking a castle. You've got a fortified wall, yeah. you have a moat, and a bridge, right? I just, yeah, did you think about that? I mean, and that bridge can't have been big enough right. to Probably get all those guys across. Probably five and a half to six feet wide. Right, so you're not getting a lot of troops across that bridge right away. Exactly. So it's yeah, almost it's single just, file line. Yeah, it's it's bottleneck yep. area, and you're going to be going against this yep. castle in a sense. Yep. Uh, it's almost like the walls of Jericho, you know, happening right there in front of them. Exactly. Uh, could have been an easily uh, worse si- situation, but they were able to divide their troops, be able yep. to come at them at different angles, mm-hmm. uh, which really saved the day for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but your point that you transitioned into is. That's really the the reason why we're having this study in spiritual warfare, because um, when we face our adversary, the devil, a lot of times we can find ourselves up against that castle wall, in a sense, as we're on our journey. And, uh, you know, God gives us enough tools to to figure out a way to uh, flank and and make these things better than what they could have been, so the destruction is not so bad, or to de- totally go around it, detour around it. Yeah. Um, but we have to know what the enemy's plans are, what he's trying to work against us on, and how he does it. Yeah. Right. Uh, th- this isn't a knock on the Southerns, but you know they're laying on their belly, waiting for the Union to come through the cornfield. And as soon as they step out, then they rise up and shoot. I mean, that's a tactic. Yeah. And it's not a bad one. It's a good tactic for war. Right. Right. But that was the enemy at the at the point, and so the enemy. Satan, he does things like that. It's yeah. deceiving. He's going to lay down, let you get in close, and then he'll stand up and get you, right? So as, as long as you know that, then you can sidestep it, like you said, avert it, go around to the side. Yeah. Um, so that's why we need to know the enemy's tactics, what he does, what his patterns are, yeah. so we don't step into them. Now, as a pastor, I'm sure you have this, you know, I'm a, I'm a man just like everyone else, yeah. right? And I'm going to make mistakes. Even later that day, I stepped right into a trap of the enemy. <laughs> Uh, he was trying to cause division, and yeah. I stepped right into it, knowing full well what was going on. So, um, yes, it happens. It happens. It happens yeah. before you even know it. But I think, that, like you said, the key is, like uh, it says in James, that once we are aware of what's happening, we we hit, you know hightail it right out of it. Let you me know. tell you something, Pastor Alex. This is one of my favorite statements. It's never too late to start doing the right thing. Yeah. Even if you've right. wandered in a mile or a half a mile into a situation that's not good, yeah. Stop. Turn around and go back. It's yeah. never too late to start doing the right thing. Right. And, and you know, like you've mentioned before, uh, we should never look at ourselves and think that we're strong enough. We're going to just make the stand mm-hmm. and we're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Because when we, you started talking about the power that Satan has, it's nothing to just kind of, you know, balk at and say, well, you know, he's Satan and I'm, I'm a child of God, so it's not a big deal. Uh, truthfully, we're fighting an adversary that has great potential mm-hmm. to destroy our families, our personal journeys and faith, uh, our kids, everything about us uh, by his influences in the world that we live in. Because he is, like you mentioned on Sunday, he is for a time in charge 
of this planet, the yeah. things that are going on in the here. Prince and power of the air. Right. So he has influences available to him all over around us. And so our environment is perfect battleground for him to constantly come against us. Yeah. And if you're going to do it in your own strength, you're already lost. Right. Right. It's only because of the strength and the yeah. win and the victory of Jesus. And I, I wanted to get into that. If you could just describe again for us a little bit about, uh, you know, Satan's power. Um, what are some things that you uh, see in Scripture that we should be alerted to as far as the power of Satan uh, and his minions, the demons that are working with him, uh, that we should be aware of? Right. As we take a look, I'm sorry about that. Um, as we take a look at Scripture, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Uh, the man, um, the Antichrist, that would yeah. be Satan's man in the end times, all right, will come and to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs, and miracles. And so uh, the enemy can do things that mm. look powerful yeah. and miraculous. And, um, and so to watch out, though, those are all counterfeit. And he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. So Satan has power. Yeah. He can, he can uh, fool people. He yeah. can even fool good-hearted people. You have to be really wise and make sure that, um, that you're identifying what's happening with the word because the enemy, as I said on Sunday, a half-truth is still a lie. Yeah. Right? And yeah. he's always going to bake it just a little bit off. Yeah. You know, the recipe is not quite right. Yeah. And uh, so be aware of that. Uh, don't be afraid to call out when you see deception going on. But uh, Satan is not the equal and the opposite of God. Right. He is equal and opposite of Michael the archangel, which is also a created being. So Satan is far way less than yeah. God. And then we have the promise in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, You belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than, mm-hmm. all right, greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So the spirit inside of us, Holy Spirit living inside of us, even the newest Christian is yeah. stronger than Satan. I, you know, isn't it interesting that in our culture, it seems like one of the tools of the devil is to always make himself seem stronger than God, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so he does it through, uh, you know, movies, people mm-hmm. uh, saying that, you know, they have the power. Yeah, the uh, glamorize evil. evil. Yeah, the glamor- yeah, the glamorize evil. Make it seem like you can be, uh, It's. It, it, they also talk about this idea of the yin and the yang, like, you know, God's got his power, but Satan's got his power. You know, all those things are lies from the devil that try mm-hmm. to make you think that if you go his way, that you're going to get everything that you've ever wanted. And speaking of the question that we have today for Bible trivia, Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 4, mm-hmm. uh, that was the whole thing that that uh, Satan tried to do with Jesus was try to make it appear that what he offered was equal to what he could ever have as uh, God himself. And so uh, there was a lot of uh, conversation between them, and you know, obviously Jesus put him in his place. But he does that to us as well. His his game plan has not changed. Right. He does that with us as Same well. Strategy. Same strategy, trying to get us to think that way. And uh, unfortunately, people do seem to uh, fall to it. I mean, one of the things you mentioned was uh, uh, in our schools, we have librarians that are having uh, satanic clubs. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you say it, it sounds like this is not possible. Right. But uh, we were uh, looking at the article that you mentioned, my wife and I, and, and it is just eerie. 
Mm-hmm. You have guys dressed up as as uh, warlocks Satan. and yep. Satan. Yep. Uh, you have statues in the library of different images of what they think Satan looks like, and it's just so creepy. And kids sitting around a pentagram, yep. doing whatever. I don't even know what they're reading, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just so creepy. And and they're, and the, all the pictures are the kids smiling and having fun, and like it's. It's, you know, like they're reading Dr. Seuss or something. Right. That's yeah. one of the deceptions of the enemy. You right. see this take place. Uh, the enemy always shows his hand before he does it. Yeah. Believe it or not, he'll actually tell you what he's going to do before he does it. Just many people ignore that. But uh, you take a look at some of the um, some of the things that are outside of God's word that have happened on TV. They'll, they'll take, um, they'll take uh, a man or woman who are not married living together. TV mm-hmm. show. Okay. Three's company. Right. Yeah. All right. And they're, they're going to make it funny. Yeah. They're always going to coat it with sugar, make it funny. Yeah. So that they can get the society to swallow it. That's what the enemy does. Yeah. He'll tell you what he's going to do, bake it in sugar, get you to laugh at it, right. and then become more receptive to it. Yeah. And uh, so that's his, that's what he does <laughs> wow. over and yeah. over and over. And, and once you start seeing it, you're like, uh, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And you're exactly. like, oh, this is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things that uh, I've noticed too is interesting that science now is trying to back up sinful behavior as being something that is appropriate, like right? It, it helps then, you. Then somehow yeah. you can't argue right. with, with science, right? Right, and and I'm like, really? You know, and, and more and more, uh, the research is pointing to how certain behaviors and things that people do that are we consider to be sinful mm-hmm. are now being something that actually benefits your life, gives you a longer life, helps you have a better, healthy lifestyle, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you kidding me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes you laugh to think, that uh, people buy this stuff or buy into it, but when you're when you're not really living for the Lord and you're not a uh, you know a confession of faith, uh, you're looking for opportunities to believe the lie because you want it to be you yeah. know true. You want it to be something. You know how you many can... how many people we have uh, my, ourselves included, but how many people have come to talk to us? They've got something they want to get accomplished yeah. that's outside of God's word, and they're just looking for right. either a Bible verse or someone. Right. to go ahead and kind of wink in and say, yeah, go ahead and go for it. Right. right. They're just appeasing and trying to bring pleasure to their own carnal nature. The devil loves to play in the gray area. He does. And he does that very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not something bad when society says Christians are always black and white. Uh, you want to be that way. Yeah. Especially in the culture we live in. I mean, mm-hmm. there are gray areas that we have to deal with because we don't have the answer from Scripture are very few. But most of the time we have a black and white premise for why we should not do things clearly defined in scripture that we should be staying away from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know in our culture today, some pastors like to play in the gray area. Oh yeah. Like there's areas to, to move around in. So you don't necessarily have to be black and white mm-hmm. as though it's something that's wrong because we think that way, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not wrong at all. I mean, uh, we mentioned, uh, uh, the pastor scripture, uh, in Jeremiah that we go back to the old ways, go back to the, the things that we know are foundational truths of who we believe and what we believe in. And, uh, there's no, it's not because, uh, we don't want to be progressive. We don't want to be cutting edge or whatever it is. That's beside the point. The, the point is the foundation is built on a solid rock. Wasn't that really fun on uh, Sunday to take a look at that passage of scripture that I've already read uh, is Ephesians chapter six, uh, verse 12. And wasn't it fun to be able to see, um, I'm going to go ahead and read it to you, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Oh, yeah. But against evil rulers of, and authorities of an unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Right. Four different times it uses the word against in that one verse. Yeah. Right? And so almost everything in our lives 
are going to go against culture, against the direction that the world is moving. Yeah. And to don't be uh, surprised by that. Right. right. And, and, and don't be tricked into fool thinking that, Oh gosh, this is hard work and I'm going to give up. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what the enemy wants. Right. Right. So yeah. there's always going to be resistance. Almost always you're going to be going against the, the flow of culture. Yeah. When you're going in the same way as culture, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the hopes of being cutting edge, like you said, right. right yeah. I mean, if being cutting edge is the, is the goal, then we're in trouble. Right. right. I want to be godly. I want to be pure and powerful and mighty, uh, according to Christ Jesus. And so we got to watch out for that. I gave uh, a talk here this morning with our high school students about, um, back in the old days, mm-hmm. uh, when they were iron, iron workers building skyscrapers in New York city and other places, um, when they were out there doing the iron work, you know, they're hundreds and hundreds of feet up. As long yeah. as there was a steady wind, from the same direction, they could work because they could just push against the wind and get their work done. Yeah. But the moment that the wind changed directions and or was variable, you know, yeah. strong light, strong light, they couldn't work on those days. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because if you're leaning in and all of a sudden the wind stops, you fall down. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's okay to have resistance against, 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 against. At least you can bank on that and right. then keep moving in the right direction. It's the variable wind and it's the wind that changes directions that causes us the most trouble as believers. That's an interesting thought. I, that's, I never knew that before. Yeah. I would not be on one of those skyscrapers anyways. Yeah. But, have yeah. you ever seen that? It's a famous yeah. p- picture of them sitting out there on an iron, uh, you know, I-beam having their lunch. Right. And you can look and see that they're, you know, five, 600 feet above the ground, just sitting there having their lunch on a Oh, my yeah. gosh. But it's because the wind was steady and they yeah. could lean into it. They had some guts. Yeah. There's, well, no, way sure. it, there's no way I would have done that. Now, if you do it, you have to have safety straps. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, we, we can't do anything. We wrap our kids in bubble wrap now, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't, we don't do that anymore. Back in the day, they were real men, you know. They get yeah. up there and eat their lunch right up 500 feet off the ground. Exactly. Um. Well, the other thing that you uh, mentioned uh, was the the passage in uh, John ten ten about how you know you want to understand the purpose of what Satan and his minions are trying to do it is uh, not just one on the list, but you said Satan's purpose is to accomplish all those things. Yeah, that was really life. really fun. Um, I hope that uh, people were able to get a, a look at that in their own Bible. But uh, John ten ten, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then of course the purpose of Jesus is to give you a rich and satisfying life. But um, I always learned that verse, or at least I saw it in my right. head as steal or kill or destroy. Right. Yeah. No, the conjunction is and. Right. He wants to steal and kill you and destroy right. your life. Right. You know, it's not like a menu that you can pick from. Right. A la carte. I'll take. Right. It's, I'll take the stealing. I'll there, do that. There yeah. you go. You yeah. know, it's 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 a pile on. He's going to try to get all of it. Right. Yep. And and it seems like the progression fits uh, well with his plan in your life. Like yeah. first, he's going to steal it from you, bring mm-hmm. you to a place of uh, total humility and depravity, and then he's going to take you out. And not only just take you out, but he's going to salt the ground with you, destroying yeah. everything that ever was a part of your journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is like an all-out assault. He's not playing around. Do you know that uh, during biblical times, when uh, two countries would go to war, two mm-hmm. cities would go to war, um, that um, some of the Assyrians, who are the most wicked uh, of the, all of the countries at that particular time, they would take out a city, mm-hmm. and then they would divert a river to flow into the city and remove the very foundation and the dirt of the city was really? then eroded away. So they would go to the lengths of not only destroying or, or not only winning the battle, but destroying and completely annihilating that entire city. Really? Yes. Wow. 
Oh, I, you know, I've heard, I, I've read about the Romans. They do something similar where they would actually salt the fields that they were growing stuff so that they could not grow anything for a long time. Exactly. So nobody wanted to live there because they couldn't grow anything for food. Uh, yeah, it seems to be a, a, a good method to get rid of your enemy, but uh, just kind of put those ideas, illustrations in your mind as far as how Satan works in your life. Yep. He is not going to uh, just kind of dabble with stealing some things from you to frustrate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to st- try to steal everything away from you like he did with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to try to kill you not only physically but spiritually yep. and then destroy everything that God ever accomplished in your life. And we see that happening time and time again. Um, that's the end is destruction. Sin brings destruction. Uh, we read this passage. I didn't elaborate on it, but uh, we see Michael and Satan fighting over the body of Moses. And you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. So what? It's just the body of Moses, right? So Satan does not love resurrections. And there is a possibility that Moses will be resurrected in the book of Revelation mm-hmm. as one of the two witnesses. And so he's trying to steal the body so that it can't happen. Right, right. Yeah. Satan does not only want to destroy what's happening in your life right now, but he wants to destroy the opportunity that the Lord could come in and redeem and restore yeah. and resurrect dead things in your life. That's how determined he is to take you out. And uh, yeah, he'll do anything within his power and reasoning to do that. Uh, and and so it's that you know once you understand the power and the purpose of Satan, you realize quick enough that who you're dealing with is not playing around. Mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. you know and it's not something to play with uh that his end result is always to take you out he does not like you mm-hmm. he does not like the fact he hates you because you are uh, made in the image of god you are uh god's uh you know crowning achievement in a sense as far as he's concerned about what he's done with his creative powers within us and so for satan that is just a slap in the face because everything that he was has been taken away from him mm-hmm. and now he's going to his future is not bright you know well in a sense he's yeah, gonna he be, knows, yeah he knows his time he is knows limited. his time is limited and so that's what he's he's dealing with and so uh you know you are not something that he is excited to have around and so when people play with uh the demonic forces or play with evil and think that that uh they're empowering themselves to be better human beings really what satan is giving you is the seeds of destruction oh my goodness the other day i'm over at the that store that sold me the faulty Shower unit, yeah. um, and there's a, a person working there, and they're telling me all about these demonic movies because they stay, you know, tuned into Harbor Light via online, and they're like, "Yeah, I can watch demonic movies, and it has no effect on me." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has no effect on me." You can't say that. Yeah, you cannot say that. All demonic deception has an effect on us, and don't you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest, you know. The biggest level of deception is when you start fooling yourself, when you're lying right. to yourself and believe it. Yeah. Right? And and people, uh, you know, tend to put themselves in that position, and then they wonder, you know, why? Yeah. Why, do I, why, why can't why? I go to sleep at night? Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. am I having all these nightmares? Yeah, why am I having Demonic nightmares? Demonic yeah. Well, what are you watching before you go to bed? Well, I just watch Friday the 13th and The Exorcist, and, <laughs> but it has no effect on me. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing, I, you know, uh, just a little confession here. My wife and I, uh, we've gone to some places. Uh, well, we went to California, went to the Whitney House. Have you been there? No. Uh, apparently, it's, it's like this haunted house, but we were going to do the museum tour, and we went in there, and my wife's like, you know, do you think anything's going to be happening? I'm like, heck no. You know, mm-hmm. I'm prayed up child of God. I'm walking in here looking at all the cool uh, antiques and stuff. Nothing ever obviously happened. Nothing moved, nothing, no noises, nothing. We get out of there and, you know, people are like, Oh, what did you, what happened? And I'm like, nothing, nothing happened. 
I said, we went in there, we looked at the great antiques, and we left. It was a great historical how many, site. How many times do people want something to happen, and therefore their mind allows something oh, to happen? Oh, yeah. And the enemy takes advantage of the fact that they want something to happen, so they can get all freaked out about it. Oh, yeah. People like that. Why? They it's because it speaks to the flesh, right? We right. want we want that connection. I mean, everybody wants to see behind the veil. Yeah, and uh, you know, as Christians, we're trained and taught that faith can, is something unseen. Can I jump into something yeah. kind of live in rapture rowdy? Yeah, <laughs> returning that. Um, so there was a there's a a commentator on um, a news channel that I watch, mm-hmm. and uh, he got fired because he was uh, you know too conservative, and so he moved over. He's moving over to a new network. Yeah, and so I started you know so I got the subscription so I can watch this person on this new network. I can't watch that network because the commercials between the segments mm-hmm. are so filthy and demonic. I can't really. Watch, I cannot watch the commercials. Where do you, I can't go to that network. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. I had I, to cancel my my subscription right away. I can't follow this person that yeah. I really like their commentary on what's happening in our world today. I can't watch them because of all the stuff between. <laughs> well, eventually he'll be on YouTube again. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they can watch the, the highlights. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, some things. Hey, listen, yeah. I'm not afraid of the enemy. Yeah. All right. But I'm smart. Yeah. And I don't need to see that stuff you know, flashing in Put through my in eyes, yeah. into into my psyche. I don't need that. Well, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody you both know and uh, about uh, some of the cartoons that are showing up and some of the cartoon movies that are showing up and how subtle the influence is in there about, mm-hmm. you know, alternative lifestyles. Oh, yeah. Worshipping the, uh, you know, the sort of this evil aspect of the unseen and all this other stuff. And it's, it's so prevalent. And I, I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have kids to to have to to monitor all that but i said you know one thing my wife and i did is that we just necess- we don't necessarily like a lot of the stuff that comes out anyways now for kids and so we've kept all the old dvds of the movies we do know that mm-hmm. are not bad mm-hmm. and it is just so ridiculous how subtle the stuff is coming into play and you know parents uh you know sit themselves they sit their kids down in front of a tv and say hey you know what you, you watch entertain this thing yourself for, yeah, entertain yourself for half an hour or whatever while mom's getting dinner together and, uh, you know, at the whole time, it's basically, you know, saying just downloading all these potential seeds of fear and anxiety it's so and amazing. frustration. You know, people who listen to this show might be thinking that we're old fuddy-duddies and yeah. that we're, you know, overreacting. Grandpa! Listen, I have grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. The other day they were at my house. My yeah. wife's like, let's watch this. Let's watch this new cartoon for 10 minutes and tell me what you think. Yeah. It was promoting the U.N., it really? was promoting. It was promoting all the things that we do not believe as believers. Yeah, it was promoting it in the first ten minutes of this somewhat innocent. Yeah, cartoon. And you're like, uh, no, yeah, yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is, you know, the devil knows that the kids are not going to be able to really maybe uh, verbalize or understand that right away. But the seeds that were planted from that, the enemy always shows grows. you his hand before he does That's it. That's right. Yeah. And what he does is he he'll show you his hand. He'll say. This, 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 this. And then when you see it for yourself, mm-hmm. you're already receptive to it because you've already heard it 15 times before you watch it. Right, yeah. And it's not so, it's not and difficult that, anymore yeah, for it's you not to alarming receive, because yeah. I've already been conditioned to, to be receptive to it. Well, and that's, you know, that's what we see with the common culture right now with all the alternatives to lifestyle. Those things didn't just happen overnight. I mean, if you look at the progression over the years, mm-hmm. it's been a slow progression towards this moment when mm-hmm. this stuff comes on the scene. And now the generation that we have now is looking at it and it's like, you know, we should, we should let them be whatever they want. You know, that's the way it is. 
that stuff didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, these seeds have been planted in uh, the parents before us and, and all the way through to the point now where we're at. And so it's an easier argument to make. It's an easier uh, lie to sell because people don't see it. Yep. As a problem anymore. It's, the it's, gray area is there. Right. The spin doctors. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there are some news networks that will spin whatever it happens. So so if you want to get your kid castrated. Right. Right. Before they're eight years old. Yeah. Well, you know, that they have they have their medical rights and if you don't you know Yeah. That's child abuse. Right. Right. But they're gonna spin it in such a way that, you know, people are taking away others' freedoms. You right. just took away their freedom for their whole future to be able to have children. Right. Well, and I think it's interesting, the argument one mother made at a, a, a school board meeting was that I don't have the right to give my kid poison or alcohol at, you know, mm-hmm. nine or 10. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that they can change their gender mm-hmm. if they choose to without my permission. Mm-hmm. But if I give them alcohol, you're going to call CPS on me mm-hmm. because I'm abusing my child. And I was like, that is such an interesting argument. I mean, Absolutely. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That, you know, I can't do that, but I can, my child can make that decision on their own, but they can't make a decision to, you know, smoke, uh, smoke tobacco or drink alcohol because they're not of age yet, but they are of age to change their entire future mm-hmm. uh, from where they start to where they end up. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely the the twistedness of our society. And, you know, it's interesting that board it's like, well, I don't really see the argument. How do you not see the argument? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. The enemy loves to blind the eyes and the minds of those that are yeah. uh, receptive to him. You know, it is is just so so alarming what's happening in our world today. And there is a spiritual uh, fight going on, and uh, it, it's time for Christians to stand up and start fighting with the real weapons that he's given us. Uh, you gave us uh, some things that we can do practically to study our our opponent and you gave us uh three three ideas um and i think you kind of took them from some of the game plan that you picked up from the civil war and uh you said first one was to take notes to understand the facts oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah studying game film yeah um that was kind of fun you know take notes um look at your life look at what's happening yeah you know remove the emotion on what's going on take a look at society what's going on take write it down write down what's going on Okay. And then, uh, once you do that, then you can then study the tendencies where, where, where do I, I tend to, uh, get involved in sin? Mm-hmm. Well, it's after this happens or that happens. Then I tend to allow myself to move in that direction. You need to, to take notes, observe the tendencies yeah. and recognize the enemy knows your patterns as well. This was kind of a, a, a surprise to some people on Sunday morning. You know, everything that Satan does is a counterfeit to what God has done. Yeah. So God assigns you a guardian angel at birth, right? And so mm-hmm. you have this person, this, this created being who watches over you in the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Satan probably assigns some kind of demon to you as well yeah. to cause adversity and attack and all those problems that are going on. People were surprised by that. They'd never heard that before. It just makes total logical sense, yeah. right? And uh, based on his tendencies, those kind of things. So when this demonic force who's been assigned to watch o- watch you knows that you have a tendency at a certain time of day to get involved in sin or something, he's just going to set up that situation yeah, constantly. You ever wonder why you you constantly have those thoughts coming at you? Right. They're they're planting those things over and over and over. And then lastly, study your matchup. So build a plan so that when it happens, here's how you're going to react. Yeah. Because you don't want to do anything emotionally. Right. right. Yeah. Remember back when you were a young man and um, I was your youth pastor and I was like, listen, <laughs> have a plan before you start dating a girl. Yeah. Because you don't want to get in the back seat 
and then to decide where the lines are at. Right. Yeah. It will not happen. Your lines will be blurry. Right. Yeah. You plan before you go on a date. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to get involved in this, this, or this. Yeah. All right. Because when you get emotional, when you get, you know, you get the feeling flowing, right. It's going to not be good. You're going to, you're going to give yourself a lot more leeway, just enough rope to hang yourself. And then you'll be in trouble. So yes, <laughs> take notes, study your tendencies or study the tendencies of your enemy. And then lastly, you know, put together a game plan so that when you get in the midst of it, that you can, you know, come out victorious. Yeah. I, I gave this little quote, uh, without a plan to win, you're actually, you're already planning to lose. Yeah. If you don't have a plan to win, you're already planning to lose. Yeah. I, and I think that's, uh, that last phrase you gave, I think it's the, the important part is that, uh, we have to be proactive in our faith journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you just cannot just find a seat in the chapel, sit down, listen to a message and then expect, you know, everything to go the way it should go. Uh, again, the devil doesn't care uh, you know, if you're an apathetic Christian or you're an aggressive Christian, uh, if you believe in Christ, you have a confession of faith, he does not want you around, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an abomination to him. You speak against everything that he wants to have happen. I don't remember if you were there, but we, we acted out a skit one time in youth group, and we had three panelists come up, and then they were given all these questions. You know, mm-hmm. it was like a game show, except for one of the contestants was Satan. Oh, we had okay. this demonic mask and everything. <laughs> and so they're, they're, as the, the, they're answering the questions of the trivia. Well, the, Satan was answering the same way that the other two contestants were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. He, he doesn't have to get you to go full on the wrong direction. He just has to get you off a little bit. Yeah. Right. And I had, I had a couple of uh, young people in that particular meeting that were like, this, this, this is not, this is not right. I mean, Satan is almost sounding good. And I'm like, there you go. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It it was like a a giant eye opener to them (laughs) to see how Satan really works. Yeah. Cause the Bible, I just read to you, he's going to use all deception. Yeah. Right? You might want to bring we're, that skit back for Sunday. Yeah, there you go. So we it was it was uh, really kind of amazing. We're living at a time where back in the day we used to laugh about satanic things or think it was entertaining to watch these certain movies. Now we're in full on bring Satan to your kids club and let yeah. him read to you right from Wiccan books or or uh, satanic books. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. We're not even trying to hide. He's not even trying to hide it anymore. No. No, not anymore. It doesn't need to, right? Because right. you have an entire society. The moral majority agrees with uh, these things happening based off of it's your truth, not my truth. And it's fine. You, there's relativism is taking over everything right, right in our own state capital of Michigan. There yeah. has been a full on satanic prayer meeting right on our Capitol steps. Really? Yes. Right in the rotunda of our state capital. They had a full on prayer meeting right there. Freedom of religion. We can't yeah. stop them. There you go. <laughs> Great. So we're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, oh I just want to give, little perspective that okay. uh, when I was in youth group, it's like over 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little perspective on. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you're young, but you're not as young as you used to be. I know it. It's quite a while. I, I, mean, I know it. <laughs> I showed a movie clip this morning in chapel and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch an Indiana Jones clip when he takes the leap of faith. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that movie just came out like 10 years ago. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. At it least. was 30 years ago. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Hey, by the way, they're putting those back in the theater for, Are they? for a short time because they got another Indiana Jones coming out next year. Okay. So a uh, little bit. So I showed that little Leap of Faith clip today. So good. <laughs> people are like, who's this guy? <laughs> I had the students raise their hand. How many people have never seen an Indiana Jones movie? Like half the students had never even heard of it. I know. It's so sad. If some of them were like, that's Han Solo. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, just so you remember, though, too, tonight, uh, or yeah, tonight's Wednesday. Uh, well, we're going to be airing this on Thursday. But anyways, we have the spiritual warfare classes that are starting. Yes, come out and be a part of that. So, yeah, if you uh, are going through this uh, sermon series with Pastor Gary and you just want to talk about some little more details about it, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to give you some basic uh, tools. We're going to talk about some of the different avenues of how Satan works through spiritual warfare. Uh, and so, um, to this, uh, this Wednesday, I want to say Sunday, this is Sunday, this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about deception. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, you know, it's, you want to get every tool you can. Pastor Gary has obviously given us, uh, all you can give us in a 20 minute period. You're going to have an hour, yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, that's the great thing about Wednesdays. You get a chance to interact. You get a chance to go deeper, ask them some really good questions. Right. You know, stump Pastor Alex. And um, that's one of the things I love most about our Wednesday night programming is the fact that you get to really dig in. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of get a little salt in the oats out there for the, uh, on the Sunday morning or just get you, you know, wet that appetite just a little bit and then come back and really dig in. Yeah. And uh, we encourage you to come out. Uh, any last words? Uh, yeah. So this weekend coming up, we're going to continue with the series. Of course, it's going to be Mother's Day. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. But we're going to stay right on the series, The Invisible War. And we'll be, co- we'll be um, it's called Suiting Up for Battle. We're All gonna right. We're going to be taking a look at that whole passage from Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go through every one of the pieces of armor. And, um, oh, that'd be and good. So I'm going to be moving quickly. Yeah. Um, because we have baptism. And so if you want to get <laughs> baptized, please let us know. We've got a lot going on this weekend. It's going to be a great Everything time. you possibly think of is happening on. Yeah, that's there we go. It then, all comes uh, down. Make sure you plan on taking your mom out to uh, to lunch or something, right? Can I can I say something personal here? Yeah. Okay, so the, I have my own people in my own little world that I'm witnessing to, right? And um, apparently, uh, some some close people to me that I've been talking to about the Lord, yeah. who who believe in Jesus, but they um, they're going to give Harbor Light a try this weekend. So pretty excited awesome. about that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I want to see them really continue to grow in their faith, and that's really cool. Yeah, we'll be praying be for good. that. Thank you. Yeah, I can't. Well, you know, Lord's doing some amazing things around here. So absolutely, let's just keep it going. Well, that's it for us on our podcast. We thank you for being here. Remember, you can send your answer to our Harbor Light Bible Trivia question at harborlightbibletrivia dot or at gmail dot org. There's dot com dot com. <laughs> Let me just say that again. Yes, Harbor Light Bible Trivia at gmail dot com. There we and go. it's all lowercase. And uh, let us know what you think the answer is. And uh, if you get it right, we'll get you some swag and put you in the drawing for our podcast speaker. But until next week, we'll talk to you later. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.